Welcome to Innovative Leadership, Episode 1. I'm Ryan Stickle. With me is Stephanie Hurd, and we're here to introduce ourselves, to talk about this podcast, what we want it to be, what we kind of envision it to be, the inspiration behind it, and, you know, just to introduce ourselves and, and what we're all about. Thanks, Ryan. I am so excited that we're kicking off this podcast. Um, I've been with Innovative for almost five years. And about four years ago, uh, when I started writing some content for us, I was like, our stories and the stuff that we run into in this business would make a great podcast. And I would love to start one, but at the time just didn't didn't have the time to take it on. So I am so excited that you are here. and are able to help make this vision a reality. So welcome. Thank you for listening. We're going to see where we go. Yeah. So, I mean, we can get into it. I mean, it's been a long time coming, I guess. You said how many how many years has it been since you kind of envisioned? Four? I want to say four years ago, I started saying, and I'd love to have a podcast. <laughs> so four years go by and you finally get to hire somebody whose kind of whole job is is content creation and and all that good stuff. I mean, I've been an innovative since uh, September of 2022. So it's been six, seven months now, I guess, maybe a little longer, seven months. But yeah, been here, um, just kind of getting used to things, learning about innovative and all we have to offer, kind of learning the content game in terms of blogging and SEO and all that good stuff. Um, and so now we're kind of diving into some other other types of media, other types of content. And finally getting around to podcasting. So this is exciting. This is our first recording officially ever. There were lots of fun test recordings of testing the equipment, testing the software, stomping around on the stairs and and making background noises to see what we could <laughs> what we could edit and manipulate out of the uh, audio track. So yeah, and a uh, pro tip, the most important part of podcast kickoff is to make sure that you're recording in a room and have somebody run around and stomp their feet outside just to test and see what's going to happen if a herd of elephants comes through the area you're recording in. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd say, you know, based on that test, we did pretty well because, I mean, there were some loud doors being shut and footsteps all over the place and it didn't seem to uh, affect us too bad. So worst case scenario, if there's a a fight breaks out over in our (laughs) Our kind of our lobby area, then uh, you know you guys won't won't hear any of it. So we will na- we'll, we'll narrate it though, you know, <laughs> UFC style. We'll do yeah. <laughs> theater of the mind is is kind of radio and podcasting. So we'll be sure to paint those pictures. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the, the people we want to get onto this podcast and kind of the the stories we want to get from them? Yeah, so uh, we spent a lot of time brainstorming. What do we want to call this thing, this uh, labor of love that we're starting? And we came up with innovative leadership. And that really comes down to some of the work that we've been doing as a company around what is this unique thing that we have to bring to the table? And, you know, whether you know about innovative or not, we are an IT company, we're a managed services company. So you might be wondering, why aren't you talking about technology? Because that's what you sell. And you know, four years ago, if I had started this podcast, I probably would have talked about technology. And quite honestly, I think that would have been a mistake because I often say anybody that knows how to be a tech, that knows how to do technology can do that. That's kind of not the unique thing that we do. 
the cool thing that we really have the privilege of getting involved with in the MSP space is we are involved in at the leadership level in a hundred different businesses. And we get to work with a hundred plus different business leaders and learn different leadership styles, different management styles, what works, what doesn't, who's really being successful. And when we were thinking about what do we, what do we want to tackle with this podcast, this topic of leadership just kept coming up. One, because it's kind of the differentiator that we sell on and that, you know, this podcast is certainly not intended to be a a sales vehicle. We're not really trying to sell you anything, but it's just, it's what we've gotten really good at in getting to know leaders. So we want to invite guests to come on and talk to us, talk about their businesses, um, leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, basically anybody that we run into that's kind of innovating, pun intended, in the leadership space as a manager, as a leader of people, that is kind of where the rubber meets the road in what we do. Um, You know, technology, you can always make technology work. And it's really funny, I was in a meeting this morning and we were talking about just this, you know, a business owner had hired uh, an IT person to work in his business and he's like, you know, it's not about what he can do technology wise. It's the fact that he's personable and walks around the office and walks up to people and says, Hey, how are you doing today? Is there anything I can help you with? And then they get to the, well, you know, my computer's doing this, or I had this problem yesterday and he's actually able to help thing, help them with things that they probably wouldn't have picked up the phone and called and asked for help for, but that's the kind of stuff that progresses their business forward. So it's all, you know, it doesn't matter what business you're in. It all comes down to people, how you lead people, how you engage with people. So I'm really excited to see where this journey goes. Um, we have some exciting ideas for guests. Hopefully they take our call and want to come on <laughs> here and talk to us. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. So Ryan, I'll kind of kick it back to you in your six months here with Innovative. What have you gotten to learn from what it is to work for an IT company that doesn't really want to talk about IT all that much? Yeah, it's definitely been very fun. It's been eye-opening because one of the first things I noticed, um, even really during kind of the interview process and definitely once I really got here and started working, is there's a big focus on people at Innovative. It's the people we work with, the people we hire. It's just all about kind of getting the right fit personality-wise because the rest can kind of, the rest can, can figure itself out, if that makes sense. You know, I've definitely learned a lot about you know, things in, in kind of that IT realm, uh, you know, the content I write about is, is it's technical writing. But I think just kind of the the ins and outs of, you know, how do you balance, you know, running a successful business, but but keeping that culture, you know, hiring the, the best person for that job, but also hiring somebody who fits this, this kind of company culture, personality, do they work well with others? Can we get along with them? Just kind of seeing all that, that that I don't want to call it a juggling act because <laughs> it almost I don't I don't want to you know denigrate it but it's it, it is a bit of a juggling act in terms of you know finding that balance of of who you want to work with so um, for me that's that's been the part that stands out and you know the people who I have talked to especially first week or two you talk about hey how are you what's your name if you're the new person you generally you know you'll ask like hey how long you been here you know what do you what do you do plenty of people whether they had worked here for a year or, or 10 years or, you know, 15 or 20 years in some cases, everyone just talked about how great a place it was to work. And um, that kind of speaks to that emphasis on, on people and culture. So 
that's definitely what I've I've picked up here outside of the obvious, you know, learning about cybersecurity mm -hmm. and printers and all that good stuff. Yeah, and Ryan, you certainly came in at an interesting time. So, um, you know, Innovative's been around since 2001 and have certainly gone through a lot of iterations and I think have always been a people-centric company, have always wanted to bring value beyond technology, truly bring a leadership value to our team internally as well as the clients that we serve. Um, but in the last few years have actually really leaned into a system called EOS. It stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System and is based on a book uh, written by Gino Wickman called Traction. And um, I think one of our uh, senior leaders came to learn about this book through one of his peer groups and had just heard raving success for years from our peers in the industry of the companies that have adopted this EOS model, just the insane success that they were having and the systematic approach that it brought to their business. And it truly is kind of a people-centered approach to business. So we have been somewhat self-implementing EOS for a few years now and had budgeted to bring in a professional implementer prior to 2020. I think actually we were planning on doing it in 2020, but then of course we all know 2020 didn't really go to, pl to plan for anybody. So we had to table that for a little bit and continued kind of self-implementing EOS until this past year, we were actually able to engage with a professional implementer and we're going through that process right now. Actually, I'll be in a full day planning session on Monday with our professional implementer with one of our quarterly planning sessions. And one of the core parts of EOS is identify your business's core values. And those core values are what you hire, fire, and manage your employees around. And those core values typically don't have a lot to do with the specific skill set that you need to do your job. So, you know, innovative core values. I think one of them has to do with technology. It's we are zealous for technology and customer service. Another one is we are our customers' advocates and we're empathetic to their needs and circumstances. We're fast and agile. By setting these core values, we have basically said we will not accept an employee who doesn't live these core values in everything they do. It doesn't matter how great they are at the technical side of their job. If they can't be customer service oriented, if they are not an advocate and show empathy to our customer situations, they're not going to be a good fit for innovative. And that doesn't come from a negative place. You know, we it allows us to recognize that this might not be the right fit for everybody, but we have a very clear set of standards around who is it the right fit for. And it's just been really cool to see the team lean into these core values. And we've always leaned into those these core values. They've been written on the walls of our buildings prior to officially starting to implement EOS. But this has really just helped it from a technical standpoint. You know, there's no longer any question of, hey, this person's awesome at their job, but, you know, they're kind of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we don't, the, the business that we're in is so customer facing, that's just not a good fit for us. But, you know, there are some jobs in IT where you can sit in the basement and you can code all day and you can sit in the dark and you don't have to talk to a lot of people and it doesn't really matter if you're kind of a jerk because you don't have to talk to that many people. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and that's probably a better place for you. So um, it's just adopting this EOS model has been really cool to see how it's been growing the company. I think on the flip side of that, you talk about you're hiring employees. On, on the other side of it, people are going to hire us to do their, their IT work. And I think some of those kind of those principles and those core values are still in place there to an extent because, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to admit when a company is not good for us or we're not good for them, you know, not every single business is going to be right for innovative. And I think that's okay to admit because there's probably this, uh, a cliche idea in sales where it's, I need to sell everything to everybody at all costs. And there's certain industries, especially where you do see that, you know, the, the old door-to-door salesman or, you know, someone trying to trick you basically. And we're really not about that. It's being honest and upfront with people. You know, it's never, it's never being rude to somebody. It's never like, oh, well, you're not good for us. It's, you know, can we find some common ground? Can you kind of meet us in the middle there? Be a good fit for us. So I think it, it works on both sides of it. And I think it just kind of makes for a better place to work. And I think that helps the people working with us. At the end of the day, they, they don't want to work with an IT company. They feel is badgering them and is kind of trying to sell them on stuff that they feel is unnecessary. And that's not to say that doesn't happen. There's times where someone might not want to buy this particular service or this particular device. But at the end of the day, if they can hear us out and, you know, at least, <laughs> you know, put, put some effort into being a good partner. I mean, we're right there for that. Yeah. Part of the EOS process with our professional implementer, every quarter, the leadership team is assigned um, a reading assignment. Obviously, the first assignment, we all read Traction quite a while ago. There's a book that goes along with it called What the Heck is EOS that is required reading now for everybody in the company. Um, It's really written from the employee's perspective of what can I expect from my company that's adopting this philosophy. And then there's a whole library of complementary leadership and management books that go along with the EOS philosophy that our implementer assigns to the leadership team. And one of one of my colleagues and I have joked that this job has come with more reading assignments <laughs> than I ever <laughs> thought I would have um, after I graduated college. But I think that also speaks to our core values of just constant improvement and constant learning and trying to be a better company, trying to be a better leader, um, and trying to be a better team member. And one of the first books that we were assigned, it was actually a reread for me. It was actually one of the first leadership and management books that I had ever read. I want to say back in like 2008, I was pretty early in my professional career. And one of my bosses said to me, hey, you know, you should read this book, Good to Great. It's kind of like the Bible of leadership management philosophy. And it's all about, you know, how you manage your people, how you manage your business and how a good company turns into a great company. So I read it at the time, and the the concept that really stuck with me at that time was there that they use the bus analogy, and I'm sure you've heard this in business prior, but it's basically your first job is to make sure that if your company is the bus, you get the right people on the bus. They're the right people that should be there. And then once you have the right people there, then you can kind of move them around because if they live and breathe your core values they should be on the bus, but sometimes maybe they're not in the right role. So that's where their specific skills and natural talents come into play. You know, maybe this person would be really better suited in a sales role and they're currently in a technical role. 
maybe this person will be better suited in an accounting role because they just have those skills. You can move people around. Maybe you make new opportunities because you see somebody just taking certain projects that are really driving the business forward and running with it. So that philosophy, you know, really ties in really well with those um, that core values and hiring for your core values philosophy. But getting back to Ryan, what you were saying about how EOS has played into the types of clients that we work with, two of the other concepts that they talk about in the book, one is they say, know your hedgehog concept. Know that that thing that makes you different and unique in your space, the thing that you do better than anyone else in your industry does. You know, there's a lot of IT companies out there. So we really had to sit and think, what is the thing that we would do really better than anybody else? And we realized that it's it's pushing the other leaders that we work with. It is engaging at that leadership level. And then the other concept that Good to Great talks about is once you identify the hedgehog concept, have the discipline at your leadership level to say no and to be laser focused on only the opportunities that truly embrace your hedgehog concept. So that goes back to it. You know, um, certain businesses really, they want to partner with us. They want to partner with us at a leadership level and they want to look at how can I leverage technology to really drive my business forward. And if you're going to do that, that has to come from a leadership level. A lot of IT companies, their primary contact might be an office manager and that office manager might be great, but they're looking at, hey, you know, Bob's computer is five years old and it needs to be replaced. Let's plan for that. Or, you know, so-and-so is going to be on vacation, so we can't do this project to that until they come back. And they're, they're going to be really great, all of those types of things. But it's the business leader that really needs to understand what are the risks associated with this potential security issue that I have or this service that I offer. What are the pieces that live in this cloud space that I absolutely couldn't live without? And what do I need to do to be protecting that and backing that up? And hey, I just deployed this new piece of software, but my team doesn't seem to be using it. How can I get them to adopt that? And really wanting a partner to sit down with them and help drive the use of technology and not just the application of it. And not all businesses want that or need that or kind of want an outsourced partner to serve that role for them. And that's okay. But having the discipline to say no when it's clear that we're not going to get that opportunity to engage in that way. Because at the end of the day, you know, one of the things, the other concepts that EOS has taught us is that you have a core focus. And your core focus is made up of two things. Um, the first is your purpose, cause, and passion. And the second is your niche. So our niche is that we elevate technology expectations, meaning we don't want to come in and just do the same thing that you can get from every other IT company. That's not what fulfills our passion. And so that comes back to our purpose, cause, and passion is that we are here because we want to challenge the status quo and create opportunities for happiness. Happiness of our team, for ourselves, for our clients' employees. We don't want to take on those opportunities that are not going to better people's lives. And yeah, that sounds a little cheesy. Um, <laughs> but when you can truly be doing that, I think it makes your job so much more fun and so much more meaningful. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, the whole notion of being able to say no. There's definitely a point you have to reach where you can you can be there, right? Because there's I'm sure there's there's a lot of businesses, they just can't afford to say no. We're fortunate enough to be able to to do that. But it's it's not really that simple of 
hey, just say no to, to bad customers. You know, that is something you kind of have to work toward, but it's very cool once you're there. I think that it truly does benefit everybody. And it's it's not just aimless. There's the core values. There's, you know, we have a mission, we have a niche, like there's a really a lot that goes into it. And I think EOS does a good job of really laying it out in a, a way that's pretty simple. And, you know, and I mean that in the best way possible, um, the, the what the heck is EOS book was such an easy read. It does a good job laying it out for, for anybody. You could be the CEO, you could be in management, or, you know, you could be a new hire. You might even be working part-time for whatever company this is. It does a great job, I feel like, of just having everything kind of set in stone. Because like even our, our weekly sales meeting, it follows a certain outline. Our company meetings follow a certain outline. And within those outlines, yes, it's structured, but it allows lots of room for discussion. It allows lots of room for problem solving. I think it's important to do that with your team, especially um, when you're working through issues. I think all hands on deck, big or small, each case has its own troubleshooting process, I guess. But it's good to have everybody involved because one person's issue might become another person's issue down the line. So if you can have one brain trust, it kind of helps you solve issues as a company. Yeah. And um, you mentioned being fortunate to be in the position where you can say no. I really like the way Good to Great says it's having the discipline to say no, because it's uh, it's never easy to say no, especially as a sales leader, when you're looking at an opportunity that you know is going to bring in maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue into the company, and you could hit your year's worth of goals in one deal. Um some opportunities take more discipline than others to say no to. And some of that has to do with how successful have you been so far lately. Um, so certainly if you're, the more you're struggling, the harder it is to say no. And the more you're prospering, the easier it is to say no. But if you can truly be disciplined and know what it is that you can do really well and just absolutely refuse to do any work that you know either you can't do well or is going to take resources away from doing what you do really well. We recently had an opportunity where it kind of fit the types of services that we could do really well. But when we looked at the resources that it was going to take to deliver on this fairly sizable and somewhat life-altering opportunity for the company, and we sat down and we were like, right, we have like two people here that could even deliver on this. And those two people are instrumental to delivering the service that we deliver to all of our other clients. Like, yes, we could take this on and we could make this revenue. And like, yes, we could band-aid together service for all of our other clients. But what what are we going to achieve? We're going to be mediocre at delivering this thing that we said that we could take on because it's not kind of at the core of what we do really, really well, at least you know, skill-wise, we had the skill for it, but we didn't really have the process set up to really deliver on it really well. Um, it's going to take away from the service that our best customers are receiving. It's going to stress out our people, and it's going to confuse our people. When you really sit down and evaluate it through that lens, it gets a little bit easier to say no to because suddenly it's not me, the sales leader, coming and saying, hey, I have this really lucrative opportunity. And it's you really see what the cost is when you say yes to some things like that. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, you know, it is a pros and cons list, but it's you also split that into can we, which in that situation, I you know, I guess we could have. Um, and then there's should we, which in that situation, it's, you know, probably shouldn't. So I think it's being able to separate those. I mean, there's there's so much nuance to this stuff. It's not just a simple checklist of a lot of money, 
can probably make it work. It's not that simple. It's you really got to break it down. You have to kind of plan the future of of what that partnership might look like, what that implementation might look like. There's a lot of lot of moving parts to this stuff. It's why it's so important to talk through it with a team and have people not only with that experience of being in leadership, but I think it's important to have the input of people who have done the work also. Um, you know, Innovative has been around for 20 plus years and there's a few people in this company who have, who have worked, you know, <laughs> several jobs in some cases, I guess. So you have that experience from top to bottom that's represented in leadership. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm most excited about about this podcast is really to talk with other EOS companies because while the the kind of the framework is the same across the board, you know, every business, every industry applies it a little bit differently. And you can learn from all of those different companies, you know, we often joke in our planning sessions every time we kind of want to re- try to rewrite the rules a little bit. Um, but we say, but our purpose, cause, and passion is challenging the status quo. And <laughs> this is just one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, everybody applies the framework slightly differently. Although our implementer, Brian, would say, just be careful how far you veer off from this proven roadmap because he always says, you can do whatever you want. And if you want to do something a little bit different, you're absolutely free to do it differently. And it might be absolutely the right thing to do for your company. But what he always says is, but what I can tell you to be true is sticking to this framework in the exact way that it's been written is what has been proven across the board for thousands and thousands of companies. So we always we always try to take it with a grain of salt every time we want to veer a little bit too far off. But it's really interesting to talk to other leaders that are implementing EOS, even other employees of EOS companies, just to learn what it's like in their organization, what their core values are, um, how they deliver deliver the results. And the, the cool thing about the system is that a lot of MSPs in the IT space use it, but there are HVAC companies that use it. There are manufacturing companies that use it. Hair salons can use it. Um, it can be applied across the board. I was just talking about this in a meeting this morning. One of the other concepts with uh, traction. And it's actually a concept that came out of the book, The Rockefeller Habits, Um, but traction has adopted it. And it's basically having planning to have rocks. So your rocks are your goals for the quarter or the year. That's what we're going to be doing on Monday. As a leadership team, we're going to be planning the company's quarterly rocks for Q2. And the concept of a rock is basically, this is the most important thing. So you think about your goals for whatever time plan it time frame it is that you're planning for. And then what are the absolute most important things that you have to do in order to make those goals happen by that timeline? And you write them down and you say, these are the rocks and you assign them to somebody. And then that's kind of your metric for the rest of of that time period. So when you have a list, your to-do list, and all of our to-do lists are always longer They have more things on them than we have time to accomplish. So when you look down that list of to-do lists, you think, which one of these has to do with my rock? Or which one of these has to do with the company rock? And that's the thing that you spend most of your time on. And that's the thing that you get done first. Because if literally nothing else gets done other than your rocks, you should be able to meet your goals. And it's based on the concept of think about filling up a jar 
if you have an empty jar and you fill it up with lots of tiny stones and pebbles and all the little nuances and details, you're going to fill the jar up. And then if you have this pile of rocks, there's no room for any of the rocks. And the rocks are the big important things that need to be done. But if you put the rocks in the jar first, and then you fill in around the rocks with the tiny pebbles and stones. Yeah, not all the pebbles and stones are going to fit, but those were not the most important things to fit in the jar. Um, and I just love that concept. And it's really helped me stay focused on what are the most important things that I have to get done. Because, you know, if something is on my rock or on my rocks list, that is a specific goal. And I have something that comes up that is conflicting with that and I have to choose, I'm always going to choose the thing that is the rock because I know that's the most important thing that's going to get me to where I need to, to meet my goals. And that's just been such a helpful concept. And I actually talked to my husband about it the other day because he said to me, he's like, the past two weeks have just flown by and I've been so busy, but I, I just sat down and I realized I didn't get done anything that I needed to do <laughs> for two weeks, but I've been so busy. And I'm like, you need rocks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pick your rocks, even if it's for this two week period that you know you're going to be crazy busy. Like, what are the most important things? And then when those little things come around that are competing for your attention, you say no. Like, those are the balls that just have to get dropped sometimes. Yeah. And it's definitely a good way to visualize goals because you hear the word goals and you're, you know, what everyone knows what goals are, right? It's, it's kind of what you want to achieve eventually. But to be able to, Visualize prioritization goes a really long way. And it's part of what makes EOS so great for really anybody. It's not just MSPs or IT companies. I mean, any any business can implement this. And it's something we all deal with. We all deal with trying to schedule out our day, week, month, and ordering our list of tasks and events and figuring out which one's more important here. And if you know at the end of this month, okay, I need to get this done then that can send something right to the top of your list and you don't really have to think about it. You, you do take some time to set those goals, sure, but like to be able to schedule out some time to, to you know, kind of put your goals together, it'll save you from being Friday at noon and you have three things you kind of need finished. Well, if one of those needs to be finished today and you know, you've already planned out the others by the end of this month and the others by the end of the quarter, then you can start to kind of organize things a little better. So yeah, definitely thankful to EOS for that because I'm somebody who really needs to stay organized. I lay out all my tasks for each week. There's definitely a distinct order of events of, of what I want to do and when I want to do it. And, you know, kind of having those, you know, end of month, end of, end of quarter type of goals have definitely helped. I mean, this podcast being being one that all right, March is you know suddenly here. Let's we we wanted to at least get something recorded in March. So like let's really let's get into it and got some equipment ordered and played with it and figured it out all the settings where everything plugs in and now here we are. And you know if it if it weren't for that rock being you know Q one, then who knows? You know I'm sure we'd get to it soon, but it might not be you know, quite in a timely fashion, you just because if it's not at the top of that priority list, or if you don't even have the priorities laid out, then who knows when you're going to get to anything, really, I mean, you're kind of just juggling back and forth aimlessly, and things will get done, but certainly not in any way that kind of has structure or makes sense. Because I mean, we've all, we've all been there at some point in life when there's a million things going on. And that's not to say 
you know, this system will prevent you from having stressful days or having multiple things to juggle, but it takes one step of kind of stress or thinking out of the equation when you can really start to structure things that way. Yeah. And it's helpful too. I mean, to your point, it's not a guaranteed system. It's not a guarantee that you're going to hit all of your goals. But then whenever you come into those quarterly planning sessions and you look at, you know, where did I want to be? Where am I? Did I hit it? Did I not hit it? And if I didn't, did I complete all of my rocks? If I did, then did I not pick the right rocks? What do I need to do differently next quarter? What's going to be important in order to be able to meet those goals? So, you know, often you set goals kind of in a vacuum and it's either you succeed or you don't. And if you don't, you don't necessarily know why, but it gives you something to look back at either maybe I set an unrealistic goal and we're not going to do that again. Or maybe I just, I got into this and I realized there's this whole other layer that I wasn't even thinking about. Okay, well then maybe that needs to be a rock for this quarter. It just gives you that ability to analyze either why you're having success or why you're not. And on the other side of that, maybe you just consistently overperform on your goals. Well, that might be creating a problem for your business as well. I mean, that's something that we talk about you know, we're in the service industry. So we have to maintain a certain amount of staffing in order to service the number of customers that we have. And if, if we have a goal of bringing on a certain number of new customers and we triple that, suddenly we're in a position where we don't have enough staff to service all the customers that we just brought in. So <laughs> we have to be realistic, both from planning staffing around the customers that we have, the customers that we're going to get in a certain period of time. And yeah, you know, Every now and then you're going to have surprises and you just have to adjust to it. But if you're doing it over and over and over again, you have to sit back and look at, okay, I need to be setting more realistic goals and actually challenging myself and coming up with plans to meet and hopefully slightly exceed those goals regularly. And you hear about certain things where someone will say, oh, that's a good problem to have. It's still a problem. And right. if you can avoid that, you probably should. Um, and I, I like the the idea of going back and also kind of reassessing what those goals were. And, you know, if you do find that you're consistently hitting your goals, go ahead and maybe challenge yourself a little more, depending on what it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. you obviously don't want to bring on too many customers, that's going to be an issue. But, you know, if it's if it's one of those things, whatever it is, content output, in my case, or, you know, someone's just working in sales, and they're just killing it, right? It's things that you can't have too much of, and you're knocking it out of the park, go ahead and challenge yourself with those numbers, because that's just going to kind of drive you even more once you've once you've set that number, you know, I, I took a, a class in college. It's all about persuasion theory and goal setting is a huge, huge part of kind of self persuasion because we have to motivate ourselves at the end of the day. I mean, we have people and, you know, we have friends and everybody in our life, you know, hopefully in some way, shape or form kind of motivates us here and there, depending on what it is. If it's at work, it's, you know, hopefully leadership motivates you to, to achieve your goals, helps you achieve your goals. Um, but at the end of the day, you kind of have to, you know, you have to take charge yourself because if you don't want it, then it's probably not going to happen. So to be able to challenge yourself and, you know, be aware if you're not hitting them, what what needs to happen. I think that kind of going back and reassessing it is is a huge part of what makes EOS so cool, um, you know, sitting down quarterly like that and really talking through what did the company achieve and like, what did we not achieve and how do we kind of get to get to where we want to be? I think is a really cool part of it. 
Yeah, and in addition to the goals, um, another concept of EOS is maintain your issues list. So Ryan mentioned that we have weekly meetings. They're called level 10 meetings, and every team has a level 10 meeting where they are spending an hour and a half every week discussing and solving the most important issues to their team. So from at a leadership level, at the company level, if you are assessing how you did last quarter or last year and you didn't hit these goals, you want to be brainstorming what were the issues that were in your way, that were the reason why you didn't hit those goals and they should go on your issues list. And either they're a big issue and you know how to solve it and that problem, that that solution is going to become somebody's rock for the next quarter to address it. Or it needs to go on what we call the IDS list, identify, discuss, and solve um, for one of those L10 meetings. Or it's just on the issues list of this is too big to tackle in an hour and a half meeting, but we know we have to break it off at some point. We'll address it in one of our quarterly planning sessions. We're going to kind of put it in a parking lot for now. But that's where those level 10 meetings come into play where hey, maybe, maybe we didn't hit a sales goal um, and we're not sure why. So that's maybe going to go on a, an L10 for either the leadership team or the sales team to come back and say, hey, we wanted to do this. We didn't hit it, but it looks like we had enough opportunity in the pipeline in order to hit that goal. So let's as a team sit down and look at the opportunities that we lost. And we're going to identify what was the problem, discuss and solve. So, okay, if we lost more opportunities than we thought we were going to, why was that? And what can we do to solve those issues so that we don't lose those opportunities in the future? Or if they are opportunities that we had the discipline to say no to, then <laughs> we need to solve the issue of how do we find other opportunities that are the right opportunities for our vision? Or maybe the one of the solutions or the problems that we identify is there's not enough market for the very specific niche that we've put ourselves in. Well, then that's another issue that goes on the list. And, and we talk about that. And do we need to go into another market? Do we need to expand our services so that there's enough market share where we are? Like, these are all discussions that you can have. But if you don't identify your problems, then you can't discuss and you can't solve them. Um, so I really just like that concept of having a running issues list and spending your meeting times actually solving the most important issues in your company that are what is might maybe keeping you from hitting a goal. Right. I do like the way those meetings are structured and how kind of it's built so anyone can get anything out of that that meeting. Like anybody can bring whatever issue might be and it might be there's some customers irate, they want to fire us, like it's it's code red, we got to fix this. And it might be something really as small as it's we have taco Tuesday this week in the break room. Like <laughs> it could be it could be any of those things. And what I like at the beginning of the meeting, um, once we get to that section each week, it's, hey, do we have anything that's high priority that we need to kind of bump to the top here? Um, kind of ordering those events, that prioritization we mentioned earlier to say, you know, if we're aware that this is a bigger problem, why wait 20 minutes to get to it? Let's go ahead and, and dive in. And then we can save Taco Tuesday for the end of the meeting just to mention it real quick because it only take 10 seconds. So stuff like that, it's that it's very common sense and obvious. And that that's what I noticed reading the EOS book. I was like, so much of this feels like it should be common sense, like everybody should do this. But in reality, it's just not the way things go. So I do appreciate that it sits there and goes, hey, you should probably be doing this. And that might sound so like, 
oh, of course we should have a meeting and like order our issues from, from greatest to, to least, but that's not always the case. Sometimes the agendas can be so, I don't want to say out of whack in meetings, but they can be, <laughs> they can be out of whack at, at times. I mean, when you talk about just, you know, someone just typed up a document of, okay, here's what we're going to get to today. Suddenly the biggest issues at the end of it and you're out of time. So um, to be able to, to organize things like that in the, the level 10, the L10 meetings, and also at the beginning of, of each meeting, we kind of give some gratitude um, personally and professionally. And I think that's a great, I hate to use the term icebreaker also, because you think of kind of like first day of school, your first day of camp, kind of corny little games, but it is nice to, to hear what everybody's feeling good about in their personal life and also at work. Sometimes if you had a rough week, you kind of have to think of, of what the good was in your past week. But um, at the end of the day, you'll find something because you look through a whole week, you're going to find something that, that was good. And it's good to bring that positivity before you can dive into some problem solving. Kind of gets people in a, a good headspace, and which is for us on a Monday morning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad the week is going. There's always something to be grateful for and just shifting your mindset to put in that perspective of sometimes you can tell somebody is really going through it and they might just be grateful that they got up out of bed <laughs> this morning and they are there and just kind of verbalizing that and saying, Hey, you know, I woke up today. It's going to be fine. And I am, I'm grateful to be here. Um, and sometimes you have had an awesome week and you have a ton that you want to talk about, but just shifting that perspective I think it's just really helpful for everybody. But um, this has been really cool to talk about from this perspective. Uh, I hope that we get to continue these EOS conversations. And I guess it's not hope. We, we plan to continue these EOS conversations. <laughs> Some of our first guests that we have teed up are actually other innovators from within Innovative to come on in and talk about what EOS has been like from their perspective what leadership has been like from their perspective from everyone from you know our company owner president and ceo jason he obviously has one perspective he's been growing a company for the past 22 years growing as a leader through all of those roles and through adopting eos to some of our newer managers i think we have somebody teed up who was a manager and made the transition into sales and what it's like to go from leading the team here internally to partnering with clients at, from the leadership level that our account managers work with our, our partners with. Um, and then we are excited to bring in other community leaders, nonprofit leaders, other businesses that have been adopting EOS, some businesses that don't, and just hearing, hearing kind of their lessons and what works well in their business and things that are are going well for them and insights that they want to share with you. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to definitely hear from other people at Innovative to see kind of their their perspective on this and what they're getting out of it, because I'm sure it probably hits a little bit different for each person um, in their experiences. And then, like you said, some other local business leaders, whether they implement EOS or they don't, and, you know, kind of talk through certain structures or ideas with them and and see what they might get out of it or or their opinions on you know, how they run their business versus how we do things here. There could be some really interesting discussions about that because at the end of the day, everyone's going to be probably a little bit different, even within EOS, like you said. But um, to get these perspectives and especially, you know, doing it local, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really awesome outlet on this podcast 
going forward for for those people. So looking forward to it. Uh, this has been episode one of Innovative Leadership. Thank you for tuning in. I am Ryan Stickle here with Steph Hurd, and we will see you next time. <laughs>